This is Bentley Manning. And this is Kellen Day. This is a podcast brought to you by Church of the Incarnation in Highlands, North Carolina. This is... This is... This is... Empty Pews. How about it, Kellen? Uh, new intro. I think it sounds great. You did a lovely job with it, Bentley. No, we both did it. I know, but you really, you were sort of um, constructing it. We got an email. We, I mean, we've been getting emails from parishioners for some time now, uh, reminding us that the pews are no longer empty. Uh, they haven't been empty for... Many, many months. <laughs> a oh. long time. A year, almost. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I mean, like, getting a new intro together, that just it takes some work, and uh, glad yeah. glad that we've got one. Yeah, we did it today. Um. Kellen, it's Easter. It's springtime. A lot, a lot. Our building opened. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, a lot of things to celebrate. How did you feel after Holy Week? Um, I felt grateful, joyful, and also like I got hit by a train. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I felt. <laughs> yeah. A little, yeah. I mean, I, I think I can't who cares right like i kind of want to try to splice out like what's what holy week's a full week anyway mm-hmm. preparing sermons making sure liturgies are working the way that we want them to um liturgies that we just don't do very often so it's kind of like every time they come around you're like what do we do again <laughs> <laughs> but yes um yeah and like so then with that then we were getting into our building to use it for the first time on Palm Sunday and trying to get uh, volunteer uh, acolytes up to date on what we're doing because we haven't had those in a while. Yeah. Anyway, the week after Holy Week, Kellen, I was kind of like a bear going back into hibernation. Um, me too. I just, yeah, I couldn't move. I actually think I was sick. And didn't quite realize until midway through the week. I thought, I'm sick. I don't feel well. <laughs> Did Holy Week, you're saying Holy Week made you sick? I just think I, we, we both like worked a lot and didn't have a lot of, kind of rest moments. And <laughs> I, You know, I always got sick at the end of the semesters in Sewanee. You know, it's just kind of like you are working really hard and a little bit stressed and focused. And then you have a moment to breathe. And your body's just like, hey... Like you're not doing that. Well. You're not doing that well. But Easter was just like incredibly joyful. Holy Week was really meaningful and rich um, to move through with this community in our new renovated nave. It just was, um, yeah, an amazing, wonderful time that we could not really have like planned on, but it just sort of fell into our lap and. Um, thanks to all who showed up and who um, served in the liturgies and were gracious and patient (laughs) with us as we tried to get this um, ball moving again. Yeah, I just want to echo that. A word of gratitude to everyone uh, for helping uh, make this work, uh, helping us come together uh, to bear witness uh, to the resurrected Lord. Uh, It was a wonderful Holy Week. Uh, The flowers were glorious. Uh, The music Uh, equally glorious, all of which uh, helped aid in our worship and uh, to celebrate uh, all the gifts uh, and graces were offered at Easter.
so Bentley, I feel like I should ask you this because you might have some really good answers. Um, but you know how we have like Lenten practices. What are some of your Easter practices that you like to live into in these great 50 days? Yeah. Okay. That's a fun question. Um, I, um, something we probably don't think about enough. Um, so I'm glad you've asked it because I don't know that I have thought about it enough. Uh, look, the first one would be just simply gratitude. Um, and so maybe um, at the beginning of the day or at the end of the day, I don't think it much matters if you're thinking about a practice, um, to call to mind uh, one or five things, uh, particular things that you're grateful for um, and to thank God for those things. There's one. Um, do you have? Do you want me to keep going, or do you have some in mind? I don't know. Go for it. Another thing that I would say maybe is just um, it's maybe related to the gratitude, but to slow down a bit and relish and delight in um, some of the gifts that are around us, right? And so maybe this is this might sound silly a bit, but um, if you've got a cup of coffee. Uh, delight in it, right? Smell it, taste it, enjoy it. Um, something that we maybe don't always do because uh, we're moving so quickly through the world. Um, stop and smell the roses, so to speak. Um, there's two. What do you have in mind, Kellen? Mm, I'm thinking about Jesus's appearance, the you know, the disciples after his resurrection and the things that he does with them. Like he goes and walks with them, um, spending time, good time, keeping good company. I feel like it is a great Easter practice. Um, he also eats a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> so feasting, um, gathering people around a table, um, making a picnic, going to beautiful places and eating um, is another one. I also think about his instructions to the disciples in the upper room um, to forgive the sins, right? And so I wonder about forgiveness being a good Easter practice um, to call to mind the people who you've been holding a grudge against or frustrated with or whatever it is and and, um, ask for God's help um, for you to forgive them. Those are a few. All right, uh, we'd love to hear from you. What are your Easter practices? Uh, email us or uh, when we see you, we'd love to know how you're living into this uh, glorious time of the Christian year. Also, feel free to like say Happy Easter for the next like many weeks until June 12th. It's still Easter. Just keep it going. Keep it going. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. So life begins today. Say good morning to the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
Kellen, it's the third Sunday of Easter in your preaching, and so it's my job to kind of summarize the gospel, which comes from the 21st chapter of John. It's another resurrection appearance where Jesus shows up uh, and sees some of the disciples who are about to go fishing, and so he goes with them uh, just after daybreak, and um, it's the story of them hauling in just a huge catch of fish uh, because they followed Jesus's uh, direction. Um to cast the nets on the side uh, that he tells them to, you know, to cast them on. Um, and then they get to shore and they have a fire and they eat a meal together uh, with Jesus. And then at the end of the gospel reading for Sundays, this really powerful moment uh, where Jesus looks to Simon Peter and he asks, um, he asks him if, if he loves him, if, if he, if, um, Simon Peter loves uh, Jesus, and he asks him three times, and then we're told that Peter felt hurt uh, because he told him three times uh, that he loves the Lord. Um, And then Jesus says to him, um, feed my sheep. That's the commandment uh, he offers uh, to Peter to go uh, feed his, his sheep. I love this um, story in John. I... I just think it's like really beautiful for many reasons. Jesus showing up at dawn on the beach, um, them having no fish and all of a sudden catching a net full and sharing sort of this breakfast over a charcoal fire. Um, all of that is really evocative and beautiful to me. But then this end with um, Jesus's conversation with Peter, this sort of threefold you know, question, Peter, do you love me after Peter's threefold um, denial of Christ uh, during his hour hours of need? Um, I think that we see across the Gospels Peter's foolishness and his mistakes, and the other Gospels sort of just leave it at that. But John goes... <laughs> the extra mile and um, and recounts this really important uh, reconciliation moment between Peter and Jesus. And uh, I think we don't always have really specific, beautiful images to dwell on of what reconciliation might look like, but we are given one this week to ponder. Um, Bentley, what catches your heart in this text? Well, listen, I think um, the idea of that reconciliation happening, we hear in the gospel account uh, that Peter was hurt. Uh, he was hurt by the truth or the, or the news that Jesus would ask him three times whether or not he loves him. Um, and I think one of the things that nice Christians are apt to do is to skip over the hard stuff, uh, to move directly towards just, you know, everything's all right, just sweep it under the rug. But real reconciliation uh, requires truth-telling, and that then offers a new path forward. So I'm just mindful, Kellen, of what you're offering and how Easter is a moment for new life and growth, and that that new life uh, requires, demands even, that we tell the truth 
of uh, ourselves, of our past, and of who God is, and that in doing so, we'll encounter a loving God that can uh, work work with us uh, despite our brokenness, and 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 loves to work with us despite our brokenness. Um, I guess just one more thought that I have, Kellen, thinking about this is, um, what does the resurrected Christ end up doing um, this side of the tomb? And at least in this gospel account, it's the same thing he did before. Um, he eats with his disciples. He spends time with his disciples. He loves uh, his friends and disciples. And that's uh, part of the good news of Easter is that uh, death does not uh, end by any means um, our relationship with God or each other, uh, but that through the power of the resurrection, uh, we're offered the gift of more time with God. And uh, Christ is ready to find us uh, where we are. I'm reminded by what you just said and by your Easter sermon and by all of these resurrection appearances that Jesus finds the disciples, right, where where they are in a locked upper room on a road fleeing Jerusalem <laughs> and here where they are going fishing because that's all they knew um, to do at this point in their life and um, and your sort of exhortation to all of us on Easter morning to to be open to have eyes to see Jesus wherever we find ourselves um, at work or at play at church you know wherever because Jesus makes his way towards us um, and to us in all situations of our lives You've been with me all along, all along, always on my side. You've never gone. You've been with me all along. And you've been holding on, holding on for so long. When others would be gone, you stayed with me all along. Here's a prayer from Easter week. O God, whose blessed Son made himself known to his disciples in the breaking of bread, open the eyes of our faith that we may behold him in all his redeeming work, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. You've been with me all along. All right, friends, a handful of announcements. Uh, We've got a wonderful Bible study on Tuesdays at 1030. We are looking at the Acts of the Apostles. Uh, Join us in the library for that. That would be a great Easter practice. It'd be a wonderful one. Read more scripture and read scripture together. Yes. Um, there are also a handful of worship opportunities available. Kellen, would you mind reminding us of those? Eight o'clock in the chapel on Sunday mornings and 1030 in the renovated nave. 
Monday through Thursday. We have morning prayer at 8.30. And then in a couple of weeks, we'll be teaching a a class entitled Theology in Stone. Uh, We're looking forward to exploring the riches of uh, church architecture through the ages and the symbols and imagery and the new space we have here at the church. All right, Bentley, because we have a new intro, don't you think it's appropriate to have a new outro too? Yeah, absolutely. We love you and we'll see you soon. God's peace. <laughs>